Ronnie Lieber is a well-renowned keynote speaker, stadium host, and legacy coach from Austria who has entertained 5 million people live and worldwide at major sporting events, corporate events, and seminars. Since 2021, Ronnie has been on TV for more than 1,500 hours, both as a host and anchorman. And before we get to the show today, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. That's M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Click the tab at the very top of the page and get your free, no obligation, 20-minute strategy call with me, Mr. Productivity. It's my gift to you. It happens when you go to mrproductivity.com and click the banner at the top of my page. Get your call today. It's my gift to you, mrproductivity.com. Ronnie, you are making history on the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Do you know why? Why is that? It's not because you are from Austria. Although I don't think I've ever had a guest from Austria, but because you are a stadium host, I have never had a stadium host on the podcast. So you're making history, but I know there's people in the audience right now. They're going, what in the world is a stadium host? Do you like host stadiums, you know, soccer and football stadiums? They come to your house and you give them dinner. So what, what is a stadium host? Well, <laughs> and maybe they're not even thinking that. They might also be thinking like, what in the world is a stadium host going to teach me? Well, hear me out. But uh, first of all, uh, what is a stadium host? It's a stadium announcer. It's somebody at big sporting events um, that is basically the connecting link between the audience and what's going on in the field. So it could be like in American football, in soccer, in um, tennis, in like – Usually it's in sports because that's usually what you go in a stadium for. And um, yeah, and it's just about like getting the audience pumped. And uh, or but on the other hand, it's also about like giving information to them. Like it's about clear communication and also taking your audience on a journey. And that's also the link and also actually answering the questions from before. What is a stadium host going to teach me? It's about taking your audience, taking your customers on an emotional journey from where they are right now to where you want to get them. Now, one of the most famous stadium announcers or stadium hosts, which I cannot remember his name because I didn't know I was going to talk about this, is the guy who used to say, let's get ready to rumble. Do you know who that guy is? Of course. Uh, I actually have a picture with him right here. Oh, um i got the picture right here and his name is michael buffer that's what it is okay yes michael buffer um and he is a ring announcer what i do as well like a, a very famous boxing ring announcer i'm not on his level yet um so yeah um check this episode out again in in a few years <laughs> now you're from austria and i will tell you i'm in houston texas and I'm 57 years young. So I grew up watching American football, basketball, hockey. But one of my friends who lives in Sheffield, England, got me into what the rest of the world calls football. Americans call it soccer. I am now addicted so much so to soccer, also known as football, that I don't watch any other sport. I don't watch any American football. I watch no other sports. I watch the Premier League, the Champions League, the World Cup's coming up next week, and I just 
have a new appreciation of soccer. I used to play it when I was a little guy, but now I actually understand it. And these athletes that play soccer, I mean, they pass the ball with their feet like Tom Brady passes the ball with his hands. It's absolutely <laughs> amazing. Are you a soccer fan? Uh, well, uh, yes, I am. I'm, I'm, in, I'm a sports fan in general. And, and you know what? It's funny. You mentioning Tom Brady. I met Tom Brady actually in Houston, Texas, where you are right now. <laughs> so that's, uh, that, that's, um, that closes the gap in a way. And I can tell you maybe a bit later what he told me about how to create a comeback. But also, yes, of course, I'm a soccer fan. I, I played soccer when, when, when I grew up. I'm excited about the World Cup, although it's going to be different this time. It's a winner World Cup. And at the same time, um, I'm the stadium announcer for the Austrian national team in soccer and the Austrian wow. Cup final. So, um, yes, absolutely. I, I do follow the sports and, and, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I love it. Let's talk uh, about Tom Brady because he, he played for New England for a long time. Now he plays for Tampa Bay. A lot of people don't like him. And I'm like, why don't you like him? Cause he always wins. Okay. That doesn't sound like a good reason to not like somebody. But I can tell you the guy's like what 97 years old or something like that. And he's in prime shape. He's like what 45 or something like that. 45. He, yeah. He takes care of himself. He shows up every day. Like he's got to play his best. And even in the preseason. And I think there's a lesson there for people to go, you know what? If I look at a Tom Brady or a LeBron James or a Wayne Gretzky who doesn't play the sport anymore, they didn't ever phone it in. They played every day, every game, every practice. Like this is the most important thing we need to do. And I try to impress upon people. If you want to win at life, study Tom Brady, study LeBron James. What do they do? Because all you have to do, Ronnie, and you know this, look at the greats and just do what they're doing. Don't reinvent the wheel. I actually have a pretty nice story about that. Um, another great that we haven't mentioned yet, Michael Jordan. Yes. Um, and, and I mean, he's for me, the ultimate athlete or like the, the, the ultimate athlete mindset as well. And, and one of the things that he always mentioned was, um, because I mean, he, he hardly ever missed a game. Like he was there always and he always showed up. He always delivered. And he said once in an interview, you know, there is a simple reason because when I go out there, I know there's going to be somebody in the audience who will see Michael Jordan for the first and maybe only time in their lives. And I do not want to have any kid out there say, saying like, yeah, I saw Michael Jordan. He sucked. <laughs> or like he was average. No, it was just like he wanted them to have an experience like a Michael Jackson concert. And that's a pretty high standard to have. And, and actually talking about that, standards, that's what separates the greats from the not-so-greats. Mm -hmm. I did a video recently where I was talking about going back to the basics. So I'm a, po I'm a prod productivity expert and coach. I'm a podcaster. But I created this short video for TikTok and YouTube shorts and Instagram reels. And I say, you know, every fall, the NFL goes back to training camp and Tom Brady throws a ball. He knows how to throw a ball. The receivers know how to catch the ball. The running backs know how to run. The blockers know how to block. The punchers know how to punt. But why do they do that? 
they go back to the foundation. And if you want to be successful in life, you have to keep going back to the foundation. I can promise you, LeBron James and Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, when he played, they always went back to the basic. They made sure that foundation was rock solid. Absolutely. And and um, you know what? I I told you before that that um Tom Brady shared with me what like how to create a comeback. And I believe, especially in the last years, for many of us, things have not been like they were before. Mm-hmm. For many of us, it was um a roller coaster ride. And for some of us, it was an and like going up the hill. For others, it was going downhill. But whatever it was, it was uh, quite, well, um, crazy at times. And Tom Brady, and, and so uh, basically also it's, uh, it's really about creating a comeback. Because for many of us, it's like really about creating a comeback into your li- in your life, in your business, in whatever counts. And when, you, when we talk about Tom Brady, I met him in Houston, Texas in 2013 in December. It was one week after they had at the time the greatest comeback in New England Patriots history. One week before, they were playing at home against Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. And um, they were down at halftime 24 nothing. And even if you're not into football, and if you have no idea, it's a lot. Yes. <laughs> it really is a lot. That's three touchdowns and a field goal. Exactly. And especially when they're playing against somebody who's really great at it and really good at it. And the Denver Broncos at the time were really good. And so I asked him, well, what, what do you do at halftime? Like when you go in, into a halftime and you go into the locker room, like how do you build yourself up again? Because you're basically, you're getting devastated out there. Like you're getting destroyed. And, and, and sometimes in life it happens. Like how do you get yourself up again? And he said, you know, it's two things. First of all, the number one thing is that you need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in your team and you need to think about the moments that you have achieved something with your team that you did not think that they were going to be possible, but they were. So you just build yourself up to confidence again. And number two is when you go out there again, you take every single play at a time so it's you're not focusing at three plays down the road or like oh what if you do this or what if you do that no 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 you just focus on the next step what is the next play and that's exactly what you focus on and also in life you can focus on so many things especially when you when you're like down in a hole you you oftentimes you just focus on 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 the obstacle on like there's something that's that's oh Oh, I, I need to avoid this, but, but that's not how you get out of the hole. You need to focus on where you want to go. What is the next step? What is the next play for you? And well, at the end, they went into overtime and they won it. And then just a few years later, I mean, I think everybody remembers the uh, New England Atlanta Super Bowl. Oh, and, yeah. and that was, um, an even bigger comeback. And, and I mean, it was, incredible but did it surprise me i mean yeah i wouldn't have bet on it but at the same time i know the mindset behind it and and it's unreal Hmm. 
Yeah, I remember a couple months ago, I was watching my Man City boys playing against Chelsea in the Etihad, which is in Manchester City, and they were down 2-0 at halftime. And I'm like, man, they're playing like crap. Well, they have one of the best coaches, in my opinion, in the Premier League. And they came out. In the world. Yeah, in the world. I don't know what Pep said during halftime, but they came out and scored four goals and won the game 4-2. So great teams, great athletes. Don't focus on, whoa, we're down 2 0 or 24 to nothing. They're like, okay, we can't change the past. What do we have to do moving forward? And I think that's what a lot of people get paralyzed about. They get so paralyzed about what happened. Unless you have a time machine, you can't go back and change that. What you can do is go forward and make better decisions. You can certainly learn from the mistakes you made in the first half or whatever time frame you're looking at, but don't dwell on it. I love how Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it. Too many people spend too much time dwelling when they should spend more time doing. Absolutely. I love that. And, and, you know, um, I would like to bring in another sports metaphor about doing whatever it takes in order to reach your outcome. But before I do that, also, I want to, like, for you listening right now, I want to give you a, a little incentive also, like, a little later or at the end, I, I would love to share with you how to get on TV or what, what how you become interesting for TV. Because I believe that every every entrepreneur, solopreneur, or whoever you are, you can never get enough coverage of you or never get enough, like, let's say, marketing in a way. Or brand building. And that's why I think this is incredibly important. And having been more than 1500 hours on TV, I really could see what makes the difference between a guest that is really interesting and fascinating and that we have invited over and over again, or a guest that is just, well, a one hit wonder. And, and so, but anyway, uh, that in a little while. So talking about reaching or doing everything for your goal. I don't know if you remember, in 2019, there was the very first human being that ran a full marathon, 26.2 miles in under two hours. Have you heard of that? I have. I'm a daily runner, so I have. It was on the 12th of October, 2019 in Vienna, Austria, and I was actually the host at the finishing line. Wow. It was my biggest, um, it was my biggest event ever 120,000 people there and it was called the Ineos 159 challenge and it was all about bringing one man Elliot Kipchoge from Kenya for the full 26.2 miles in 159 in under two hours like the last human barrier that there is because think about it 100 meters the 10 seconds have been broken decades ago. The four-minute mile has been broken more than six decades ago. Um, also, 100 meter in, in, in swimming. You now easily can swim this under a minute. I mean, I can't, but uh, the, the, the athletes can. <laughs> and so basically, what was left? A marathon in under two hours. And I don't know if you ever ran a marathon. No, but I do run every day, and I've been doing it for over 1,900 days in a row. And I can tell you, I can run a 5K, which is 3.11 miles, in about 27 minutes. So this guy ran 26 miles in under two hours, 
I run 3.11 miles in about 26 minutes. So I just want the listener to understand how monumental this feat is. Even when you think about it, uh, I think most of uh, most of us have an understanding how how long a hundred meters are. It's basically a football field in a little bit, mm-hmm. or like if you ever had track and field in, in in high school, like like once around there's like a track, a four hundred meter track, and the one hundred meters is like one straight. Mm-hmm. And and the best guys at the Olympics run this in nine something. Like uh, the world record is like nine fifty seven or something. Uh, Usain Bolt and. But the average dude, when you're in good shape, you run it maybe in 13, 14 seconds. Elit Kipchoge ran the 100 meters in 17 seconds for two hours. So just to give an understanding, it, it is unreal. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it was, it was, and you know what they did? Here's the point. First of all, they already had tried this. A few years before that, two years before that, actually, in Monza and on a Formula One track, and they couldn't beat the two. Yeah, they were two hours and 30 something seconds. And so, and at the time, Elliot, his personal best at the time was at 204, and he was like, well, maybe it's possible. But in his mind, he hadn't made the shift yet that, it, that he was convinced that it's possible. And then in 2019, he knew with every cell, with every fiber of his body that this is possible, that I can do that. That's number one. So you have a total conviction that you can do it. Number two that actually happened was that he was, um, that he went there and he needed a team to do it because you c- cannot do this alone. So basically what happened was that he brought on the one hand, it was a team of athletes. 35 athletes from around the world, the best at what they do, 35 runners. And when you combine them, they had 50, 5-0, 50 medals from Olympics, world championships, and European championships. Just the head of those pacemakers, he was a five-time Olympic champion. Wow! And all of them were only going to run 5K intervals. Seven, like always seven, and they're going to be um, interchanging. So the only guy who would run a full marathon was going to be Elliot, but the other guys would run for 5K, and then they would swap around to the next seven people who were going to run another 5K and so on. So it's going to be like, all right, they're going to freshen up in the meantime. 35 guys running for one guy to beat the 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 two-hour mark, but it didn't stop there. Then they were looking for a track. Because they needed to have the best track possible. So basically, he's from Kenya in Africa. And they were looking for worldwide, basically within three time zones, for a track that fits the mark. Basically, as as straight as possible and also with as little elevation as possible. That's how they came to Vienna. Because in Vienna, we have a 4.2... kilometer straight like basically 2.6 miles kilometer straight that has an elevation difference of five meters let's say five and a half yards (laughs) like on those 20 uh, on those 2.6 miles like nothing 
and there is a, a, a big roundabout on one side and a smaller one on the other side. Like it's on the other side, it's just around uh, around the building, basically. The next thing, what they did, those 2.6 miles, they completely poured new concrete. Like they completely renewed the surface. Around the big roundabout, it was, it was very easy. Like it was, okay, you're not going to lose any time there. But the smaller one, like you might lose some speed. So they were building like a steep curve. I mean, not like in NASCAR, obviously, because they did, they don't have the speed. I mean, even though it's an impressive speed, but it's, <laughs> it's not like in NASCAR, but still it's the same principle. So it's like, okay, you built a bit of an elevation, built a, a bit of an angle in order to go the curve faster. And that would give him about, about 13 seconds along the two hours. Yeah, because he had to go there uh, several times. Then the next thing what they did is what they were checking. All right, let's have a look at historical data about the weather. Like when is the best weather in the year? Mm. They found out, okay, it's going to be probably in the first half of October. Awesome. Along the track, they were building seven weather stations to track everything from humidity, from what is coming down in terms of the actually. And then they said, all right. We're going to actually schedule it in this time window. And then we will define the day like five days earlier. And we will define the starting time two days earlier. All depending on the weather. And at the same time, it didn't stop there. Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at OverwhelmSucks.com. They had a car, a pacemaker car, in front of the pacemaker runners that was going exactly at the speed of 13.1 miles. That would be uh, like in order to get to the half mar- uh, to the marathon in less than two hours, and not only that. Normally, when you have a cruise control, it is something like it does not go as exact as they needed it. So they needed to build a cruise control that was exact enough to be usable for them. And then they had on top of the car, they had laser pointers. They had laser pointers that were pointing on the floor the exact position where every runner needs to run. Oh, wow. Like for, <laughs> for the five in front of him, and then they had two behind him. So that he was like in a pocket, like a quarterback in football, you can say, um, so that he would get hardly any wind, and he could just focus on running. And it was just, I mean, the most amazing race ever. And I remember the starting time. It was a Saturday morning. Um, 8.15 in the morning, Vienna time. And it was so amazing because actually normally in a stadium you sell tickets. So you know up front how many people are going to be there or if it's going to be like a maximum capacity, like a, a sellout crowd. But since this was open air, it was on, on, a, on a track, you didn't know how many people would show up. So it was like, hmm, all right. And and there was no Austrian partici- participant. So it was like, all right. I mean, are people going to show up? Is it going to be something that people will, will, will come to watch? And we were just hoping not to be alone. So on that morning, <laughs> at 6.30 in the morning, 
we had to be there, like the host, the announcers, the entertainment team. And at 6.30, already the finishing line was was full with people. So I thought, okay, thank God we're not going to be alone. It's not going to be an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that would be really embarrassing. And I was at the finishing area. And at the same time, there was close by, there was a metro station. And so I could see, I could see the droves of people coming and coming and coming. And it did not stop. It was so amazing. And I was like, wow, this is so awesome. I mean, not only that we had there, like with Chris Froome, a four-time Tour de France champion who came there to visit it, with uh, Wilson Kipketer, an 800-meter world record holder, uh, or also the vice president of Kenya being there. Like a lot of uh, very high VIP guests who wanted to visit that. But there were so many people coming and coming and coming. And I was just like, this is so awesome. Humanity is so, so, so cool. And then I was realizing also, they didn't just come there to see Elliot Kipchoge, which they probably haven't even heard of like a week prior. They came there to see history. Mm. They came there for themselves because they wanted to tell their grandkids I was there when that happened. Like if you would have been there at the Martin Luther King speech, like you were there, you were there for yourselves as well. Mm -hmm. And if you can create a mission that is not only your mission, but that means so much to so many people, then you already won. 120,000 people showed up. And it was a Saturday run like you've never seen before. By the way, you can watch the last kilometer on YouTube. Wow. Mm. It's amazing. Wow. That's, uh, that's very inspirational for anyone to hear. I mean, my goodness. I mean, that, that's incredible. So I want to pivot from that great story you just told us because you teased us a little earlier about getting on TV. And I want to make sure I don't get so wrapped up in the story of this runner, you know, running an under two hour marathon and forget the getting on TV thing, because I grew up in an age when there's only two or three TV stations on. I remember when there's, I remember when there's four ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS Fox came on at made at five. Now we have like a trillion stations on there. And now we have cable satellite. We have streaming only. We have the traditional TV and then we have the video platforms like TikTok and YouTube and Snapchat and Instagram. I'm a big fan of video. Video is so powerful. But I want to talk about specifically for the rest of our time together about getting on TV because there may be people who are in the audience who are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners. And they're like, I haven't got a clue. How do I get on TV? How do I get on one of the morning shows where they're interviewing me about my product or whatever? So give us, keep it really basic because at the end, we're going to ask, we're going to give people your information on how they can contact you to get more information. But I want to pique their interest on some, let's go low hanging fruit ways of getting on television. All right. Awesome. Of course. Um, so the first thing about that actually is you need to, obviously you should know your topic, which I guess you, you do, but at the same time, you need to know what is interesting about your topic. 
And why are you the best person to talk about it? Like what makes you unique to talk about it? And if you're an extroverted person, then it's it might be easier and come more natural to you than somebody who is more introverted. And uh, but but in order for TV, first of all, let's do this. I'm first going to tell you what is a TV station looking for. A TV station is looking for somebody who brings something to a topic that is relevant at the moment, like not just relevant in general, but at the moment that has some relevance to what's going on right now. And at the same time, somebody who can hold the audience, somebody who can talk, somebody who can bring interesting stories, somebody who brings some emotional connection with the audience. Somebody that um, where where people say like, "Wow, I want to I want to listen to that guy. I want to watch that guy. That guy is interesting. That guy is that guy is cool." Or that woman, of course. I mean, it's um, male or female, and so that's number one. That means for your topic, you need to find things and different spins that make them interesting. How can you connect your topic with what's actually going on in the world right now? How can you serve a broader audience by at the same time creating something like how do you have a solution to a to a problem that the world has right now? How can you create something like that? And how can you also make give it a spin and that that actually drills down also even back to social media? If you have a social media account, there is a term it's called news jacking. Basically, it's you take what's on the news or you take what's, but not just on any news. Like you take what is, think about who is your target audience? What are they interested about? And what kind of news are interesting to them? Yeah, like if, if for example, if you're a hairdresser, then maybe the financial news are probably not the, the most interesting things in general to address your audience. Unless you, uh, unless you have specialized on, on that, you, that your clients are all from, the, from Wall Street. Mm-hmm. But um, but if if you don't have a barbershop on Wall Street, then maybe it's not the the maybe that's not the right approach for you. So basically, how can you take something that they are familiar with and turn it around so that it's interesting for them? And and I mean the the, the biggest or the greatest marketing campaigns all the time use that on so- social media, like that they that they really turn something around and then create, like make their brand or take their brand on top of it and give it a spin. And let's say there is an event coming up, the Super Bowl, where you know your people are going to watch that. Or now the World Cup, for example. Or it can be uh, that in your area is going to be a very big concert of a famous pop star or that there is uh, election. You just had midterm elections yeah, or that there's like a presidential election and so on. And you can be, you can make fun of it in a way i mean not getting too political into it but at the same time just like hey whoever wins um and and then you just uh take a spin on whatever your business is and the same thing also applies to tv when you reach out to tv stations because first of all they need to get to know you so how do they find you mm-hmm. and you you might think well they're going to find me because they research maybe and think about that now in the new modern age, where you have, as you told us before, where you have so many TV stations. Many TV stations are now 
very small. And that means they usually do not have the manpower of having like, I don't know, like uh, several researchers down there who are going to research everything. So they are usually just taking the low-hanging fruit. Like, who do we know about this topic? Well, um, how about this guy? So when you actually have it, when you know there is something that is relevant for them and that makes sense right now, you should, here's the, here's um, a phrase that I learned. It's like, build your dig, uh, uh, dig your well before you're thirsty. Mm. So you want to build a connection with possible reporters, with possible um, TV stations with poss- like with with people that are in charge there. You want to build that connection before there is a topic. Like just get them on the mailing list or, or like check check out like build a, build a relationship. And then when there is something where you're like, this is a topic I absolutely have something to offer to. That is exactly when you. And then you need to be fast. Then it's like, all right, this story just broke. Hey, here's an email. Here's how I can help you. I love that. I love how you say put a spin on it because a lot of people, when I see content on social media, what they're doing is they're saying what everyone else is saying. And I'm like, so you're just repeating what everybody else says. But when you put your own spin on it, now people go, oh, I never thought about that before. Like we were mentioning earlier about you know, social media. I mean, there's so many people posting on social media. There's so many websites out there, but I'll never forget. I heard Grant Cardone say one time that when you post on social media, it's like kicking bricks into an ocean. So you posted. So what? That's just one post, but it gets worse. If you're just parroting what someone else said, you didn't put your own spin on it. Now that brick is like a pebble because not only did you just do one post and you probably just phoned it in, you didn't put your spin on it and people yawn and like, ah, go on the next guy. So I love how you mentioned you have to put your own spin on it because then people are going to say, wow, I've never heard of that point of view before. And it's going to, they're going to remember it. But if you're just copying someone else, like, yeah, I heard that from uh, Ronnie and Mark. So what? And, and one more thing, actually, dare to be controversial. Mm. TV stations love that. Like, beware. Of course, you might actually get some some headwind. You might actually get some people not liking it. But that's exactly the point. Not everybody needs to like it. You need to know who is your audience. They need to love it. And that's totally fine. And it's totally normal. There are going to be other people that are not liking it. If, if there's nobody out there that sees that in a controversial way, then you haven't been controversial. Mm-hmm. And, and for a TV station, because controversial, like, um, controversiality, how is that a word? Um, now you got me thinking. I can't think of the word now. Yeah. Controversially, <laughs> controversially. Yeah, well, um, like being controversial. (laughs) Being controversial. Yes. You want that because that's also like, that's what gets people engaged. And even if somebody's upset, but they're watching, they're like, I can't believe he said that. Or like, yeah, that's exactly my guy. Yeah. I, well, for example, as a productivity coach, I say everyone procrastinates. Oh, no, I know people are really productive. Everybody procrastinates. There's something you don't want to do in your life. 
I don't care if you're Bill Gates. I don't care if you're Barack Obama, you're Oprah Winfrey, Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk. There's something you don't want to do and you put that off. So a lot of people say, no, you don't know me, Mark. I am super productive. That may very, may very well be, but you procrastinate on something. Yeah, and, that's and Tony Robbins would, would say to that, and, and you lie about other things too. <laughs> very true, very true. So what I want people to understand here is it's just controversy. There's putting your own spin on it. And it just doesn't have to be on TV. Think about the next time you create a video, which you probably will today. You'll probably create some video for TikTok or YouTube shorts. Think about how you can use the elements that Ronnie talked about in the show. Put your own spin on it. Get controversial because then you're going to get the haters come out. And remember, when the haters come out, they're actually boosting your content. Oh, I don't agree with what Ronnie just said. But guess what? Now, what they said, that content's going to go to their audience. So don't hate the haters. Love the haters. I used to hate the haters. But the haters are your friend. So I really think we could use it not just for television, Ronnie. I think in life, you want to be interesting. You don't want to be the guy that says the same thing over and over again. That's boring. So put your own spin on it. Make it relevant to what's going on today. Don't say, yeah, I remember back in the crash of 1975, people go, what? What are you talking about? What's going on today? Your own spin and have some controversial opinions. Not insulting. We're not talking about being vulgar, but just talk, just be controversial because that's going to get people's interest, both the people who agree with it and both the people who disagree with it. And, and one more shortcut, actually, um, if you want to, if you want to get on TV, if you have it in your budget, get a PR person, mm. get a PR agent, get somebody who knows the people already, because that's a shortcut of you actually having to build those relationships. If you get somebody on board who already has those relationships and who can be the intermediary, that can work a lot faster. But also then, speed is everything. Speed is essential. And that person can also help you to create, um, like to, to generate the spin. That person can help you to generate your own brand, your own personality, your own, um, well, the things, your, your content. Because it's really when you're thinking about, well, I'm just a person. I'm not a brand. Everybody's a brand. Tom Brady, we talked about him, is a brand. Michael Jordan is a brand. Well, I'm not Tom Brady. I'm not Michael Jordan. Whoever you are, Joe Doe, you're a brand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You need, and even if the brand, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not there. Mm -hmm. And if you think they're not talking about you, well, then even more reason to build a brand. <laughs> Yeah, every you know, everyone's a brand. If you're a stay-at-home mom, if you work on the PTA, you have a brand, and you made a very good distinction. People think, oh, McDonald's brand is the Golden Arches. No, it's what people say about you. That's I don't want people to miss what you just said. It's what people say when you're not there. So, listener, what's your brand? You have a brand. Is it? Let me ask this question. It's an even better question. What brand? do you want the world to hear? Okay. So you got that brand. Go ask some friends in your circle who are going to tell you their honest truth. Say, Hey, what do you think my brand is? And let them talk. And if what they say doesn't match up what you want it to be, 
Well, then you got work to do. But if you got work to do, guess what, Ronnie? They're not alone. We all have to work on our brand every single day. Would you agree with that? All, always, Mark. Always. And actually, now that you brought a great example, I mean, really, anybody out there right now that is listening, who do you think makes the best hamburgers in the world? I'm guessing not a single one of you said McDonald's. <laughs> not a single one of you. Like probably all of us know a better place than McDonald's. Yep. Absolutely. Do they make the best burgers? No, but it's not. They don't care at all. <laughs> so it's really about, but what they do, they stand, what they stand for is reliability. Wherever in the world you go, you know exactly what you're getting. It's fast. And hey, they love kids. I'll never forget when I went to Paris, France in 2010. I'd never been outside the country other than Canada my entire life. So I wanted to go and see if it's true. Is McDonald's the same everywhere? And the McNuggets taste just like the McNuggets in Houston. The Diet Coke tastes just the same. The French fries taste the same. The only thing that's not the same, and I don't know how it is in Austria, Austria but they don't do refills. And so oh, yeah. I'm a thirsty that's American. True. And so they gave me this little dinky cup and I drank it down because I was thirsty. And I go, can I get a refill? And they go, oh, yeah, it's another euro. I'm like, what? So it, do they do refills in Austria or is that an American thing? No, you know, that's um, here in, in Europe. There's actually a tax thing. Like it's like uh, the government doesn't really let you do that because it's basically uh, they're missing out on tax. And so somehow, um, yeah, it's it's an American thing. And and. There are some places actually where you can do that, but in general, um, it has gotten more frequent. But uh, I, yes, in 2010, I don't believe it was around then. Interesting. Well, Ronnie, you gave us a lot of information on the show today. I know people are going to want to go out and find out more about you and how you can help them get on TV, maybe become a TV a stadium host and say, let's get ready to rumble. Whatever the well, case, you don't want to say that because then you need to pay some fine to Michael Buffer. But in general, really? Um, yeah, <laughs> really. So he has let's get ready to rumble trademark trademark. Exactly. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Really? Let's get really? ready to rumble. He he trademarked those four words. Yes. And you know what? You can actually make a business out of that. When you see somebody at an event, for example, um, like doing this as as his like like basically introducing people like that. Um, you you send a video of that to his lawyer and here you go. Well, don't send this video to him because <laughs> I did not know that, okay? I did not know that, but that's fascinating that you could take. Now, is it the words or the way he says the words or both? I have no idea. I mean, I, to be honest, I've seen it on Austrian television. Somebody say it, so like people do not know it. But I'm, I'm yeah. Um, Interesting. Well, I know for the longest time in America, you couldn't legally sing happy birthday, though everyone did. And apparently, really? yeah, apparently it's like in the public domain now. But technically, like up until like two or three years ago, you could be fine for singing happy birthday because you didn't buy the rights to the song. When I heard this, I'm like, really? It is a really true thing. It was all over the news here a couple of years ago, but now it's in public domain. But see, people don't know that. I did not know. Let's get ready to rumble. And in our case, it was an editorial case. So in our case, it was not that you were like using it in, or, in order to okay. present something. So in editorial cases, it's something like when you're reporting about some about the Olympics, 
for example, you you then of course you can use a picture where there where there are the Olympic rings inside. But if you are like basically promoting your business with the Olympic rings, that's a whole different <laughs> different story. I I completely understand it. So where can people go to find out more about what you're doing in the world? First of all, a website, RonnieLieber.com. You can go there. You also find a blog from me where you actually can find out a lot about uh, things like how to present yourself better, how to uh, talk better in front of an audience. Also, of course, on video, how to be better on video, uh, how to improve your voice, all those kind of things. If you want to work with me one-on-one, then just send me a message or also connect with me on social media that may be on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on whatever you want, slash Ronnie Lieber. All right. Well, I'm glad you were on the show today. It was a fascinating conversation, especially about the sub two hour marathon because I'm a daily runner. And so I really geeked out on that. So I thought in the way you presented it was incredible. So Ronnie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. And also thank you to all of you who were listening and watching us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really appreciate your time and attention. Before you go, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to this podcast in your podcast player of choice, would you do that right now? This way, every time a new episode comes out, you will be informed. Second thing is, while you are subscribing, please consider leading a rating and a review this helps the podcast get discovered and the third thing i know i'm asking a lot of you the third thing is if you know of someone who can use this episode right now why don't you just share it with them every podcast player that i'm aware of makes it really easy to share an episode so if you're thinking of a family a colleague a neighbor a friend who needs to hear this episode go ahead and hit that share button and send this podcast to them right away so i can help them like i I helped you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back real soon with a brand new episode.